Do you feel that uh, something kind of gloomy is hanging over you today? Uh, do your soul feel parched and kind of dry? Do you, do you doubt or maybe have some, some kind of secret fears about how things are going to be in your life as you go on with life and the challenges that you face? Well, I just want to tell you, if that's how you feel, there's, there's a cloud coming up. And in that cloud, though it seems dark, will be some of the greatest blessings you'll be able to, to uh, appreciate in your life. I want to talk to you today about a cloud coming up. I want to talk to you on the subject of God supplies our wants. And I don't mean by that everything you want, but everything you need. Our God is so bountiful and so full that you don't have to beg God for anything. God's supplies are there. What we have to do, though, is ask God to help us cultivate a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just like Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That psalm does not begin with a petition. That is a fact. And what a fact it is of our faith. And I want God to help us today understand more than ever that when the clouds come, there's something going to happen that will bless us beyond measure. God has always spoken from the clouds. God has always provided both natural and spiritual sustenance from clouds. And you know what? Jesus will come again one day. The Bible says, on a cloud. Isn't that a blessing? I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 16. And I want to read a very familiar episode in God's uh, history of his people in the wilderness. And I think we can relate that to our life. About a rain, a cloud and rain that came. It wasn't the water necessarily, it was something else called manna. See, God rains so many things from the clouds. What a blessing though to know he's a not only a reigning, R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G, but a R-A-I-N-I-N-G God. Would you please stand with me as we read the holy, inspired word of God this morning? It is so true and so needful in our world today. I'm going to start reading at verse 10 of Exodus chapter 16, if you want to look at it with me. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. 
And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating. And Omer, for every man according to the number of your persons, take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning. And it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Please be seated. Thank you for standing with me. So when we see this happening, we understand what has happened, just to a, a brief reminder to God's people. You see, God has already promised that his people, children of Israel, now you've got to imagine this is over two million people, but God has already promised that you're going to be worshiping me in Mount Moriah, in the promised land. God's promise has already been given. Okay, there's a trek to get there, and God has a purpose in it. I want you to know, your soul has been saved by the grace of God, and God has promised you, predestined you even, to go to heaven and be with him forever. But for a while, we've got to live in this world. The Israelites had the wilderness, like into our world. But God provided for them in the wilderness. Now they were exodus from Egypt's bondage. In the 14th chapter of this book of Exodus, we see the account of the Paschal Lamb and the Passover. And then in Exodus 15, the praise of Moses, of Moses' song, they praised God for that deliverance. So now in 16, they get into this trek through the wilderness, embracing God's promises, and they start murmuring and complaining. They're just wondering if they're going to have enough. And so, you know, we do the same thing. I hope that God has manifested to us that he does supply our needs. I want to ask you, just answer in your heart, do you really believe that God will supply your needs? Okay, that makes a big difference. You got to believe it. But, but the thing is, and the, this is how God works, you praise him for it. If you really believe it, you'll praise him for it before you get it. You will thank God in advance for what he's about to do. And that's what happens when a cloud comes up. It does. So now they're in this situation where they don't know if they're going to make it or not. And they're wondering, is this word really true? And they've walked through the Red Sea. <laughs> they've, they've seen the miracles of God, and, and you know we have too. God has brought us through so much already, and we're easily to forget that. May this Memorial Day be a time we remember what God has done for us in the wilderness. In fact, uh, the first verse I read for a text, notice what the children do. And they look toward the wilderness. You got to look, you got to face your problems. 
Do not try to run from the clouds in your life, okay? It's coming up a cloud. God's clouds will guide you. Your problems will guide your life. Just like a ball in a pinball machine. I haven't played with, I don't know if I ever have, I've seen it done. It hits them little notches and it bounces all around, but it's going to a goal. And I'm going to tell you, your life, sometimes you have to take some pretty doggone good knocks, but you are destined. You take those bumps because those bumps are how we grow, okay? They were looking toward the wilderness, and they said, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. I want to say three things. My text again is Exodus 10, 16, 10 through 21, but my title is God Supplies Our Wants. What I want to try to say in just a few minutes is this. First of all, when we're looking at the cloud, we got to see the glory of God. So my first point will be, if we're going to embrace and appreciate God supplying our needs, our wants, everything we need, that means we lack absolutely nothing. Hey, we do not serve a God that, that just gives us a little meager bit. Now, you know what? We, we, don't, we don't have it all yet. But God gives us plenty of spending money. He does right here on earth. Lots of it. Everything we need, we have it with Jesus Christ. We have everything we need in Christ. And so we need to see that and bless that and believe God and trust Him. What if your little children got up to you one morning and said, Mama or Daddy said, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. Are you going to be able to buy me food this week? Or, or what about clothes? Or do you think something's going to happen? I mean, wouldn't that be, make you feel really bad? I'm going to say to you, God wants you to trust Him. God wants us to believe Him. God wants us to understand that we are His children. And he has given us a cloud to guide us. And so the first thing I want to say is that to appreciate God supplying our needs, we have to fear God's glory. Fear God's glory. Now, they were fearing God's glory. What I mean by that is you have an awe for God's glory. Because when you think about it, God created everything. But not only does God work in the hearts of people, he works in nature. And so we need to have an awesome fear of God's glory. When Job was struggling to find out what was happening in his life, when a cloud came up in his life, he trust was questioning where God was. What, not if he was a God, but what he was doing. And so what happens, God reminded him in the 38th chapter, Job Remember what I do in nature. Look at that with me. Look at Job 38. This is so much of a... See, we need to understand we have to be in awe of God. God wants us to be in awe of Him. Every time we see a cloud, we ought to see, be in awe of God. In Job 38, look at verse 24. Now here's God talking to Job when the cloud was coming up. Job was looking toward the wilderness, but he saw the glory of God. My point is, and what I want God to help us to understand is, when you see your dilemma, 
as it really is, you'll see the glory of God. Okay? So we need to have a fear that any part of our life, if we want to have a fear, is that we will not glorify God in our problems, in our things we face. Our fear should be not believing God because God's word is his glory. Psalms 138 verse 2 said God magnifies his word above all his name. In verse 3 of Psalms 138, he says by his grace or he strengthens me in my problems and my trials. So God's word is important. God's word will strengthen us. And so what God was saying to Job, listen, he says, By what way is the light parted which scatters the east wind from the earth? Now here's the God of glory in nature. Who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters for, or for a way for the lightning of thunder? To cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness where there is no man. To satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. Hath the rain a father? Who hath begotten the drops of dew? Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven and hath gendered it? The waters are hid as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pilates or loose the bands of Orion? So God is telling Job, and I could go on, this whole chapter and the next one is about what God's fear God's glory. So God is setting Job up to be blessed. But you first got to understand praise must have come first. And he is the only one worthy of praise. You know, uh, I noticed that verse, the last one, who could loose the bands of Orion? You know, we had a program here not long ago, a few years ago. And uh, it was on the Hubble telescope. And do you know the band uh, Orion... The constellation has a, has a band around it, if you look at it. But now they're finding, scientists through the Hubble telescope, is those bands are actually being loosed. So my, my point is, who can do this? We can't, but God can. You see, that is fearing the glory of God. See, God in nature, if you have a, a doubt, ever want to doubt, or anybody, convince anybody there is a God. And I know the Spirit has to do it, but all you got to do is look at the rain. You look at the rain, and you have to understand you have an awe, a fear of God Almighty. And when you have that fear of God, you're not going to fear anything else. That's exactly how it is, because we see His glory. You know, I understand that for an inch of rain to fall over an acre of land, one inch weighs 113 tons, okay? So now what if God just dumped that all out at once? I mean, can you see the devastation? But no, God in his wisdom and his power and his love and kindness kind of dribbles that around, doesn't he? Like some of these showers we've received lately from God. How does he do it? He picks the water up through evaporation over the great oceans that he created and the air currents carry it to different places. And then he drops it that way. Isn't that a blessing? So we see the glory of God and we need to bless him in it. And we need to thank him for his great glory and, and all that he does. We need to be looking up more at God. 
you know, I have some chickens, a few chickens in a laying we got a few years ago. And those eggs are good. But, you know, I don't have an automatic water, so I just every day put a little fresh bucket of water in that chicken pan. You ever notice how a chicken drinks water? They'll dip that head in that water and they'll look up. Dip it up and look up. That's how we ought to do. Thank you, God. I mean, that, that's, that's having a fear of God's glory. Now, so these people, now they're looking to the wilderness. They see a cloud. <laughs> and the cloud's coming up. And they're going to see the glory of God in the cloud. And they need to be looking for it. And that's what we need to do in our lives. So now that's the first thing I want to say. Secondly, not only do we fear God's glory, but we also need to feel God's grace. You can feel grace. You hear me? God's glory is a fact. But if you're not feeling grace, you need to ask God to help you do it. You need to search your heart. The next time somebody asks you how you're feeling, you don't need to say, well, I feel great. You need to say, I feel grace. I feel grace. For grace is just like what God has given us. Notice in verse, uh, going back to the text in Exodus 16, and verse 11, and God and the Lord spake unto Moses, and he says this, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel unto them say, Speaking to them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord of your God. This is grace. Now notice what God hears murmurings. These people are not just complaining against Moses and Aaron. They're complaining against God. If you're in a situation in your life and, and you say, well, so-and-so made me do this or this is how I feel, but this is the situation I'm in because of this. No. God, you see, is over that. Fear is glory, okay? So when you complain about any circumstance, what you're actually doing and what I'm actually doing is complaining against God, okay? And that's dangerous. We have already seen last week that God is jealous, he is not going to share his glory with another. So, so these people now, they are murmuring and complaining. And what does God do? He feeds them. <laughs> he gives them grace. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I mean, just when we think we're so out of step with God, God is going to bring us in step with him. That's when the cloud's coming up, okay? See, I know that you can feel grace because Elijah did. And it hadn't rained in three and a half years. But God had told him years before that it's going to rain. And he says, you go and show yourself to Ahab. He says that in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. But I wanted to, I wanted to go there too, 1 Kings 18. Look at it with me. I want you to know that Elijah felt grace. Now everybody doesn't feel grace. You have to be born again to feel grace. But God is in charge of that as well. 1 Kings 18, and I think it's right at about the 39th verse. This is what happens. Well, look at the verse 38. Now, it hadn't rained in three and a half years. 
Okay? I'm talking about clouds and rain. Sometimes, why it happened it rained in three and a half years? People disobeyed God. They had too many idols. Why, why has your not soul and my soul felt the, the revival fires of God and the really embellishing the grace of God in our lives? Why? Most likely, there's something in our life that we're trying to hang on to that is more important to God and we just won't, don't want to admit it. We don't want to let it go. We don't want to surrender to God. We don't want to follow Jesus. We say we do, but with our heart, we're looking after something else. And we've got to quit that. Because what happens when God blesses us to repent, that's what the results of the rain does. That's the cloudiness of repentance, okay? So what happens here in verse 38 and 1 Kings 18, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust had licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. What we have seen in our world today, whether it's the pandemic, the fires all over this country, particularly out west, the earthquakes, the tsunamis, and all that. We ought to fall on our face because God is controlling all that. And we need to say, God, what can I do? How can I cry out to you? When you fall on your face to God, this is what happens. And Elijah said, uh, take the prophets of Baal, let one of them, not let one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kidron and slew them there. Now, here's, here's what I wanted to say about feeling grace. Verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Now, at that point, there was not a cloud in the sky. But he heard it. He felt it. You know, you could smell rain. You ever been on those dry summer days? You could smell it. You believe God enough that you can smell him, taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 42, So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down before the earth and put his face between his knees. See, what I want you to show, see with me, is that Ahab, all he cared about was feeding his body. He said, you know, the rain's coming. He, he just said, let's go. But Elijah felt the grace of God. And instead, he goes onto the Mount Carmel and falls on his face and praise and please to God. Now my friends, that is feeling grace. That's what grace will do in your life. You don't know where it comes from. And what a blessing it is to understand that. In verse, let's go back to uh, Exodus and our text and go ahead and finish this message if God would help us in Exodus chapter 16. Then I want to start a Verse, uh, wherever I left off, wherever that was. Anyway, so God gives them quail. Now, the quail represents the earthly things God gives us to enjoy. But they are, leap, they are just fleeting, okay? They just like the quail. The riches God has blessed you with, the prosperity you all enjoy. I mean, the good time, the good health. That stuff is not going to last. You understand that? It's not. I mean, it's like the quail, but God does it. God gives us these times together. 
It's a blessing from God. It's grace we need to appreciate. But, but there's a place where God gave the quail when the God, people wanted it, but it made them sick. See, you can get sick off the world. You be careful what you ask God for because he might give it to you. He's such a giving God. But I want you to look what happens. In verse 14, or 13, that it came to pass that even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. The dew represents God's grace. Okay? What's going to happen with the dew? God is going to put some dew on the ground. He's going to send some men. I look at verse 14. And the dew that lay on the ground went up. Behold, from the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. What God is doing is giving us the symbolism of his grace right in the New Testament age we live. So when, what about the dew? Dew is like grace because it comes at night. We don't know where it comes from. It comes from above. We do know that. You ever walked out this morning? I walked out this morning, grass is wet with dew. It hadn't rained a drop. It comes when it's still, Okay. But dew, you see, is represents God's grace. So God sent the dew on the ground. Then he puts this um, manna, this coriander seed, this, this uh, grain this on the, seed, on the dew. And then he puts uh, dew on top of it. The next time I do communion, if God would help me to remember. You know, we have the white sheets here. And, and we have the, the bread and the wine. And then we have a sheet on top of it. That is the hidden man of that Revelation 2.17 is talking about. That is Christ. Christ is our manna. That's what God was going to sustain people for. And that's between, that's hidden. I always wondered why that should be covered up. I always struggled with what to say. But that is what to say. And I want God to help me say it. And I want him to want it to be said. Okay? But we need to see that manna. And we see that God gives it in that way. And, and we see that 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 manna comes, that dew comes in the stillness of the night. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna. Well, they wished not what it was. The word manna means I don't know what it is. What do you know what grace is? You can feel it, but you don't know what it is. It is God in your heart. It is his constraining grace. It is his convicting grace. It is his bringing us to understand that he is God and that, that we are sinners and that we have a Savior. And he does that, even in spite of our rebellion and stubbornness. But you can feel God's grace. And you know what? It's not going to run out. Notice uh, it was an omer. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Or... Gather it of every man according to his eating, an omer of every man. You know, an omer, what I found out about it, is two pints, or six pints, six pints. And if you multiply that by the two million people plus, you have about nine million pounds of manna that God supplied every day for 40 years. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's what grace does. That's why we to feel God's grace. Now, now and notice uh, what a blessing that is. That's, that's the, the, God doesn't run out. He can prepare a table in the wilderness. He can give you whatever you need to go through what you're going through right now. Feel God's grace. And then lastly, you know, we find God's goodness. We find God's goodness. 
And notice he said, you know, you don't go out and get it all at one time. You do it in portions. Just get what you need a day. That's what God's shepherd song is about, or the shepherd song is seven, in Psalms 23. It's the Lord is my shepherd. And it's about a daily walk with God and how he deals with us and lives, shows us. And it's a small thing, this manna that rained from the clouds. And, you know, God uses small things to, to get us through our lives. You know, we need to be able to say when we fear God's glory, when we feel God's grace, we need to be content with whatsoever state we find ourselves in. You know, we don't have to do everything. We don't have to be everything. You know, we don't have to take all this word in at one time. God wants us to see his Bible, which is the manna. That is Christ, the incarnate and the written word. You don't have to get in some in-depth Bible study and try to take all the Bible in at one time. You need a daily portion. See, God wants you to know his word like you go to the table and you take your plate, like we're going to do in a few minutes. It's not like going to the grocery store and filling your basket up. We can understand it and we gain from it because we take it in. And he says the manna there to take it. It's not just look at it, but to, to, to meditate on it, to think about it. That's how you find God's, good, God's goodness. You're going to find it right before your eyes. And here's the thing about God's manna and God's word is applied. If we don't find it, we're going to walk all over it. Because I'm going to tell you, friends, it's right with you. Either you're going to walk over God's word or you're going to take it and appreciate it. And we don't need to be wasteful. God says when you don't do it, he says if in a manner, it spoils. See, God's mercies are renewed every day. You can't live your life best in the past and what's happened. You can't. So we cultivate it and we bless God in that way. You know, when you think about God supplies all our wants, everything we need, we have from God. And we need to trust him and bless him and thank him for it in our lives. And to find his goodness. You know, if you really look for it, you're going to find God's goodness in everything because he's good all the time. God is. And all these things, these clouds in our lives, that, that is a manifestation of his goodness. I mean, sometimes a cloud will cover you in a summer day outside working, you know, and it just gives you a shade and comfort. That's what God does. And God's word and, and it being a part of his kingdom gives us strength that we know where it comes from, just like his grace, just like that manna. I pray that God would help us appreciate that and love that, but we'll always fear his glory, fear that we won't glorify him, that we'll not acknowledge him in all of our lives. And so that we can be content with what God has called us to do. You know, last night we were down at the river over the Starlin's River House and uh, celebrating the graduation, and, and uh, Hunter and Landon were, were jumping off the dock out in the river. I mean, it's way up there, the dock was. Uh, some of the little ones out there, Emory and Jackson, for example, and they wanted to jump off. Jackson did anyway, but they couldn't. They couldn't do it. You don't want them to. I mean, that's life for us sometimes. You know, we see somebody else, I, I, I want to do that. You know, understand this. What happened, though, I, I, I just still remember that. Notice, we walked down to the end of the dock. It's about this high, right on the grass, where the step was. Well, Emory Jackson started jumping off of that. And they just loved that. 
They, were, they did that for almost an hour, it looked like to me, just, just jumping off of that little thing and just laughing and cutting up. And you know, I, I said to somebody there, I said, isn't it amazing how a little child can find something that will entertain them in the smallest way? You know, when we really see God as sustaining us and providing all our needs, we, we'll be content to, to deal with whatever God's given us, and if it's just jumping off a porch somewhere, that's okay. We can see our situations in life as one way to glorify God to fear His glory, to feel His grace, and to find His goodness. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your sustaining grace in our lives. Just like the manna, O Lord, that came with the cloud. We don't sometimes understand the clouds, but we know that in that cloud is much help and grace. And it's exactly what we need to grow in it. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your provisions. May we never, ever, ever doubt that you will never let us go. We're going to make it because of you, God. And even to think about your greatness, your mercy, your forgiveness. When we, just like those sheep who are the most stupid of all creatures, wander away from you for no reason at all. You leave the whole flock just to go get one of us and bring us back. Lord, thank you. We can feel that kind of love. Help us, Lord, to understand and bless your holy name and to cultivate your presence in our lives every day. May we never see a cloud without thinking of you and your guidance in the cloud, by your spirit in our lives, your word is the manna, and your experiences of grace in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.